0: Welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host Shane Grove, Um, and uh, I just want to—I think this is our Christmas show. So, before I forget, at the end, I'll just go ahead and wish everybody a Merry Christmas right now. And uh, and uh, if you're listening to this before Christmas, during Christmas, wherever, I hope it helps enhance uh, your Christmas, your holiday season. And if you got a lump of coal, maybe this will be the best present you get. I don't know. That's pretty sorry if it is. But, you know, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully the big guy takes care of you better than just an episode from uh, from us. But uh, although today's guest is like a present 365 days a year, you know, so but before I bring him on, I just want to remind everybody uh, while you're, you know, while you're recovering from Christmas and all the wrapping paper. If you want to come check us out on, on Facebook or from the shadows podcast, uh, you can find us at after the shadows, which is our forum page on Facebook. You can find me at Shane Grove author on Instagram. You can find us at from the shadows podcast on Instagram, send us a message, or if you want to, if you have an experience or a story you want to share with us, uh, probably the best way to send that to me is just go to our, our website. Um, from the shadows hit the contact button and you can send us an email. Um, and don't forget, we have a, a pretty sweet Patreon page. Um, and I say that because our guest that I'm bringing on, he, he's one of probably our very first Patreon members. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, um, I will, uh, and he is our first third time guest. He beats, he beats the, how should we say it, his fellow Floridian brother, Stacy Brown, to the punch. The great author himself, the man who makes me question why I call myself Shane Grove author on Instagram. Um, the man himself, Mark Muncie, Welcome to the From the Shadows podcast for the third time.
1: Yeah, see, if you two become a Patreon, they have to take you on. That's 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 <laughs> it's in the fine
0: print down there. That's no, don't tell all the other patrons. No, no. no. Oh, sorry, sorry. I am
1: not a lawyer, I'm an author. So <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. but how does it feel to beat Stacy Brown?
1: Oh I no, just... no, there is there is no beating Stacy. <laughs> Stacy is a machine. He's thirty years younger than me and can and 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 unstoppable. All the guy you gotta watch is uh uh, Connor Flynn, that's the guy up in the Panhandle. He's the new up-and-comer, and he makes—I don't know what he eats for breakfast—but he makes Stacy look sedentary. So, Connor Flynn,
0: and I—I I think, um, I big think foot anonymous, a few, I think, is I, his call sign. Yeah, so. yeah, I've had a few conversations with Connor Flynn, and I think at some point you probably will will probably have him on the show, especially now that he's—you're giving him a, an endorsement.
1: Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Connor took us uh, a couple places up in the panhandle, took us to a, a cave that I had never seen before. And uh, and I, of course, you know, my wife is Miss Nature, so she wanted to get in there and see what she could find. And then I, of course, had to try to keep up with these, you know, you know, these much more live and agile than me. And so, of course, I went ass over tea kettle real quick in the cave. So it's like, all right. <laughs> 50 year old epileptic there's a reason i don't do much field research i do interviews
0: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i guess we all gotta know what our lane is for sure yeah yeah but uh no
1: but stacy is a machine and you know following in his dad's footsteps and i'm following in the footsteps of my mentors you know the great charlie carlson who's passed away some years ago and uh you know uh just and stephen moore who was the lake monster expert that you know i worked with quite a bit so and, um, you know, and now and now going back, uh, the Bram Stoker winning authors uh, is, uh, you know, my my go to for all my native lore. Uh, thankfully, he's still writing away and winning awards and now he's writing for Marvel Comics. I mean, this guy is a machine, too. So, you know, we all have our, you know, legacies we've got to keep up. So when
0: well, <laughs> I like I, I always like to um, I always like to like a little joke about Stacey Brown or give a chat because I know he likes to listen to us <laughs> while he's driving his doing Uber drive, you know, driving yeah. Uber. and and at some point, you know, I know we're jabbing at him where he can't like if he was alone in his car, he'd be like cursing at us. OK, <laughs> but he can't do that when he's got somebody in the back seat that probably doesn't realize we're the <laughs> he's the guy he's we're the, talking about. He's the guy we're talking about. <laughs> So, if you're in the back seat right now of an Uber with a very handsome, rugged uh, man in Southern yeah. Florida and his face is immediately turning red and he's yep. biting, like, like ah, yes, then your Stacey Brown is your Uber driver. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And he's got a, a Finding Bigfoot air freshener hanging from the rear view. Makes, you
0: know. <laughs> I, love okay. I love it. Well, well, Mark, I okay, there's a reason you've been on this is now the third time is because you are are probably one of the best, uh, storyteller. I mean, your books are awesome. Okay. I mean, of course I finished the last one, Erie Appalachia. I was so excited to get that because it had some just crazy tie-ins. Oh yeah. um, From some of our previous talks. And I, it was just, it was really good. I, you know, I, I'm, I don't have a lot of time to sit and read, but I couldn't, I kept, I mean, I finished that one pretty quick just because I wanted to get some of those stories. And there was like, there was so many like little, uh, regional, small folklore type things in there that I would never heard of.
1: And that was, yeah. One of the whole points of the book was I knew I had I, the, the, I would stumbled on a couple things that You know, I was researching some Florida stories because, you know, I'm Mr. Creepy Florida, eerie Florida, freaky Florida. And um, but they kept tying back in to classic, you know, like it was suddenly there was a, uh, you know, famously in the book, there's an Indrid cold tie to, you know, to Florida. And then suddenly there was a Tampa tie to Flatwoods Monster. And so when I'm pitching to my publisher, hey, my next Florida books going to have three chapters on Ohio, Kentucky, and West Virginia. And suddenly they're like, just, just do that book, Mark. We know you've been wanting to do that books. (laughs) And I'm like, good. So when I did my usual, where I reach out to witnesses, um, thankfully I, you know, since I had done so well with the air books and I'm not making fun of people for their sightings and other things like that, people were much more open to me. You know, it's, you know, doing the Florida, the early Florida books, it was tough to get you know, people to open up, you know, they don't want to get making fun of. And then I, everybody's like, oh, you're going to bump into that so much in Appalachia. Well, the plus side is I'd done three books and a lot of TV shows and radio shows. So they they know me now. And and people are like, oh, Mark. And they were coming to me with stories. And once they found out I was doing Appalachia, you know, depending on which part of the mountain range, you got to, you know, you, it's Appalachia or up north. And then under, you know, under the Mason-Dixon line, it's Appalachia. So, um yeah. So it, and I would get the different. Oh, I got a story my mama told me and my my papa told me and and I'm like, oh, hey, I'd love to hear it. And if nothing else, I want to keep them alive. You know, I want to keep those stories alive because mm-hmm. they're yeah. you know, the mamas and the peepaws are passing away and the stories are going with them. But so I was so happy that I got to do that whole section of the book that's just holler monsters that, you know, the Mothmans and Jersey Devils that haven't popped. know, the ones that are have never left their holler really. So I I know some of those were first time ever in print, and I was very proud of those.
0: Yeah, it was it was it was really it was really really cool to go in there and just see, um, like I could almost imagine as you're traveling to some of these areas. I could I'm picturing you like you get into these small towns and and like okay, well, who do I got to talk to now? (laughs) Yeah, who do I got to talk to now? Only only.
1: Two times was I in any danger that I noted, you know, um, and that was, uh, there was one where I was talking to a, a couple at, that had invited me out to discuss this one family legend and the neighbor came by and was, you know, we were, you know, it was a fire. We were outside and, and I'm, they're telling me the holler story and the neighbor came by to see who the stranger was, you know, no one, you know, me and my Hawaiian print, I kind of stand out a little bit <laughs> you know, and, uh, And there there came by to talk, and uh, when we discussed what we were talking, she got up and walked away, and I was like, oh, I must have offended her or something. And then she came back with a shotgun, and I was like, okay, time to go. (laughs) Oh, my
0: God.
1: Yeah, I don't think this story needs to go any further. And I'm like, okay. And thankfully, the family called me back later, and we had a longer discussion, but they were like, we're so sorry. I'm like, no, no, that's. That's good. So that's one I have to leave intentionally vague in the book, you know, where it is and all that. Just and and so because I don't want anybody else to get in trouble or, or or put themselves in any danger. So
0: yeah, go go snooping around some place where they're definitely not uh, not welcome.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I I try not to put any place in the book that you can't go. You know, so we're not one of those. Oh, use my book to go urban exploring and you know find these abandoned buildings. No, my places are all places you can go. And then if they are private property, I, I I put who who you should reach out to. You know, it's it's not like you can't Google these places too. So, but you know, it's um, know, yeah, But if we don't write about any place we haven't been because I don't want people doing that. I've 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 picked up those books and gone places you know for research and found out oh you can't actually go there anymore. So
0: <laughs> now now this wasn't real like your books are all kinds of, you know, different stories. There's no one subject uh, in, especially like in Erie, Appalachia, like as you're traveling around and talking to those people, um, because I mean, it's no, it's no secret. Bigfoot is the superstar when it comes to the cryptid. Oh yeah. Okay. What did you hear? I mean, through that part of the country where I get a lot of people that, talk to me, you know, reach out to me that have Bigfoot stories, like, is there, do you get a lot of Bigfoot stories that just, um, aren't so sensational that it's not worthy of putting in a book or because you're writing about something else or like what, like, if you're out there in some of these stories, what, what do you really think, um, is the most prevalent thing happening out there? Well, I,
1: yeah, yeah. Bigfoot is definitely, you know, the king, the Sasquatch, or as we, since we can't have nice things in Florida, of course, he's the skunk ape down here. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, but we, uh, that's definitely, you know, number one, 100%. By a landslide, I get more UFO sightings and Bigfoot sightings are right up there. UFOs, are, you know, a distant second, but still pretty high. Um, but then, like I said, it's, uh, you know, and so there's, you know, a good third of the book is, you know, Bigfoot sightings. Uh, but I, the way I do it, and the way I do my research, is, and the way I write, is that I'm not going to write about something that only one person seen one time. Um, that's just my rule. If you, you know, if it's one sighting, it doesn't cut it for me. You know, one person saw it. If, if five people or four or five people saw it at the same at that one time, yeah, that goes in. That's Flatwoods. You know, that's Frametown Monster. You know, that, those those things. Um, uh, if it's repeated. You know, if it's, oh, it's seen again a week later or a few days later or even a few hours later or sometimes a couple years later. Yeah, that'll get in the book. You know, Loveland Frogman, you know, stuff like that. That's, you know, ones that have come back to haunt us. Um, but these, you know, the Bigfoot sightings, a lot of them are one shots. I only saw it the one time. But so we tried to put the ones that were seen more often. You know, Minerva Monster, uh, you know, the Apple Devils. And, um, you know, Ohio Grassman, uh, Old Orange Eyes, you know, things like that. These were seen repeated times and had and they were a little different than your your average. Oh, I saw it in the woods. Great. You know, that's that doesn't help me much. You know, that's not a good to be fair. It's not a good story to tell. Right. It's but I do. I, I do. When people come up to me with those stories, I'm like, all right, document this tell somebody this, you know, put it on the you know, BFRO website, put it on your local team's website, reach out to your favorite podcast, your favorite author and have them document it somewhere. So that way in 30 years, somebody else says, hey, my crazy uncle Joe saw something in the woods on this day. Oh, look, somebody else saw it there that same day. Oh, well, crazy uncle Joe wasn't so crazy, you know? Um, but that's, yeah, that's, that's one of my rules. So Bigfoot King, UFOs a close second, but you know, and ghosts always up there, you know, there's always some ghost story that, and haunted place. Uh, I get a lot of those. So I go with a lot of paranormal teams, these places, but my favorites are the, the weird ones, the ones that don't make sense. The uh, the the crazy monsters. And, you know, there's some that I really wanted to put in here that I just couldn't because I only had the one time and the one story, you know, and the, you know, I needed ones that had multiple occurrences. And um, and so there, there, I've still got a, a treasure trove of others that at some point I'll probably just have to put them together and say, look, these are all, you know, the, you know, is it true? You know, what was the, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the old classic uh, from Amazon Women on the Moon, one of the greatest movies oh, of the time, <laughs> the, 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 their takeoff of In Search of, is it BS or not? But they didn't say BS.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so, because I was just going to ask you, um, what was, you know, is, does any one of those stories that you did not put in this last book really stand out that you, that you'd want to share? Or, oh, gonna yeah. Say, are you going to save more? Like, like something that you just was like, man, I wish I could have put that in the book.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. There's so many. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, of course, everybody asks me, why isn't Vegetable Man in the book? And I'm always like, because it was seen by one guy who admitted he was high and it was a walking celery monster. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. So that one, my wife really wants to draw it. But, you know, it's, you know, is, is it just it's one we couldn't put in the book. But the one I really want to put in the book. And now I finally have a second person who's seen it and a third person. I, a lot of people knew the story, but I was never to put it in and it was a ghost story. And uh, it was uh, the Ghost of the Moon Man. And uh, it's from uh, northern West Virginia. And it's a guy, he, he was a, a real person and he's well known. Uh, he was, and uh, in fact, Stephen King based a character in The Stand off of him. Um, but he was this legendary figure, walked around West Virginia, this town in West Virginia. And he was a little off kilter and, and he could just say moon because he had been abducted by moon men. And, um, and so that was his, you know, his life was that, but after he died, people kept seeing him walking the same rounds and he would do moon moon and, uh, people like, I saw him, I swear I saw him, you know, and, uh, but it was only one person ever claimed to have seen his ghost. Uh, and I loved his real story. And like I said, it was another one, Stephen King was inspired by him. Uh, but now I've got multiple people who've seen the ghost and I wish they'd all come forward before the book had come out. But now that the books come out, I was at Mothman festival as a guest speaker and people came to me and I said, Hey, where are you from? And they'd say that, that town, I go, "Oh, do you know the moon-, moon man? And then they were like, Oh yeah, I saw his ghost once. What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you tell me
1: now you no. tell me so Appalachia two at some point it'll, it'll, he'll be in there, but yeah, or, or some other future project, but. Uh, what a cool character though. And, and, and just, uh, I'm like, and, and a neat guy from history too. So.
0: Yeah. I, I've never heard that story. I mean, I'm not familiar with Stephen. I mean, I know Stephen King's a stand. I don't,
1: I've ever read Is that it. Or... The, the Robert Cullen was the character in the Stephen King M O O N that spells moon. That was who he based the character
0: on. Wow. Okay. I have to, I have to do some research into that, you know, not to be confused with the man in the moon. No, the exactly. Man. The exactly. moon man. The moon, moon man. man. And is there any did he, is there any validity to that guy's story about being abducted?
1: That's the question. That's you know, and that's why like I said, I did some research into it and it was one of those this was early days, so this would uh, this would probably be you know, this would predate, you know, possibly right around the same time as Roswell. So oh, okay. but he was never investigated never in questioned it was just that was his he swore moon men had taken him up into space and so he was just the town kook you know but nowadays listening to details in his story from the few people who actually listened to him it's very he lost a day and you know and he woke up in the woods and and didn't have his clothes on and and he was never right after that
0: that's like the travis wald story
1: exactly hundred percent it's It's and he and it, but something was wrong with his brain after that. Before that, he was a a normal guy, worked as a, uh, uh, worked in town as a, worked at the train station. So, never any sign of any simpleness, according to the stories, you know. Um, but, you know, sadly, most of the stories are about his death, you know, and that he'd been, you know, the drowned moon man, you know. So, but I've, I've managed to reach out to some of his family. Uh, his descendants. And, um and so I've got some more information on him, but that'll like, I said, it'll have to be in a later volume or something.
0: You know, hearing you, you know, hearing all this, all these great stories you got, and then you're like doing all this research and traveling and, you know, going to these shows and meeting all these fans. And, and I think about how many packages I delivered today on the mail route. I'm like, where did I go <laughs> wrong? I, what?
1: Why? Oh, no, I still have, I still have the day job, you know, this isn't, you know, people are like, oh, I saw you on the Curse of Robert <laughs> the Doll and Discovery Channel. Oh, and you know, and you, you have a minute and a half on Ancient Aliens. You must be rich. <laughs> and I'm Like, I haven't even seen the Ancient Aliens I was on because I recorded a thing for a German talk show and they edited it into that, you know, so, <laughs> you know, but. Uh, and for the Curse of Robert the Doll, you know, I got a trip to Key West and like five hundred dollars. So you know, you're not quitting your day job for this, guys. People are like, oh, you're in it for the money. <laughs> I'm in it to preserve the folklore and the stories. Thank you very much. So you know, it's nice to sell uh, some books and you know, and use that money for Christmas. But that's about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, um, yeah, it, it is like the, all these books, all, all the, your all the books that you have written, in like area Appalachia it's just great to, to read those, like you said, keep those stories alive and they're about real things and real places that you can go and, and, you know, kind of, like you said, explore yourself and and almost touch what's in the book.
1: Yeah. You can legend trip them, you know, and that's just it. I I, I went to every place there and I, I, I hope you will too, you know, it's experience those locations for yourself. Don't just, watch some youtuber do it, you know, go do it yourself. It's it's amazing what you'll find. Like going to Mothman Festival, fantastic. 90% of the people go to Mothman Festival, don't go the extra mile and a half out to the TNT domes.
0: Why? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. Yeah, it's oh, like
1: yeah. you know, you know, that's it's scary that they don't. It's, you know, every person I talk to, "Oh, wait, the Mothman Festival is great." I'm like, "Oh, did you go to the domes?" "What? What's that?" No, happened, man. You know, it's <laughs> literally right around the corner. And
0: no, I you know, got I some, to... uh, I got a mothman on a stick and uh, a t-shirt, but I didn't go yep. ex- explore, <laughs> explore. So, so what's going on in Florida these days? Nothing. And and I'm not asking about the political climate. What's, no. going, <laughs> what's going on in Florida?
2: Well,
1: uh, right now we've got uh, a new cryptid that has been uh, spotted a few times. I've discussed it. A little bit on some other shows, um, but it is going to be in the new book. Um, This is, I I, because I'm the creepy Florida guy, I get emails from people who see weird things. And one of my friends, a uh, dogman expert, actually, um, her name is uh, Sally Gage, uh, Dr. Sally Gage. And she um, messages me. She's on a trip up north. And she's driving through, you know, near Amelia Island area, which is like right up on the Florida, Georgia border, right on the coast. And she was heading up to Savannah and she saw something unusual on the side of the road that, uh, you know, ran past her car. She was doing, you know, 80 plus because it's Florida. Uh, You know, know, if you go under 80, you're in the slow lane. Um, And uh, and this thing ran past her car. And she couldn't believe it. She had to do a double take. Her partner looks out the window and is like, did you just see what I saw? Yes, yes, I just saw that. And so she's like, we got to call Muncie and let him know about this. <laughs> so they <laughs> called me and told me about it. I marked it down as a very unusual sighting. And I honestly forgot about it. And then a week later, a truck driver emails me. Muncie, you're not going to believe what I saw. And um, describes the exact same creature in almost the exact same spot., uh, right off of i ten just outside of Jacksonville. so it's just a little further south. But it is almost the identical creature. And so now I'm like, okay, this is two people who have no idea who each other are in the world saw the same thing. So I have to reach out to a bigfoot team to say, "Hey, because I don't know who else to reach out to for this because it's so weird. Uh, and they they looked at me like I was crazy, but they sent a team out to look. They found some unusual stuff, still not what we're looking for. Uh, but now I've had a third sighting. And so now I start doing research into the history. And I find out that this creature is a possible Native American legend. So again, I reach out to one of my mentor figures Uh, a guy named Al going back and who I mentioned earlier. And I said, Hey, Al, have you heard of this? You know? And I said, it's a, you know, it's this, this type of legend and that's not his tribe, but he reaches out to a tribe member from there. And now I've been talking to that guy and it's going to be in the new book, but it is all right. Enough suspense. It is this, it looks like a horse, but made out of plant or vine. Uh, And it's huge, like nine feet, because it's the height of a semi, you know, like up to a hood of a semi.
0: Um, What? What?
1: Yeah. And it it runs out of (laughs) the like the vine areas of that area, like the swamp lands of that area. So imagine swamp thing, but made out of a horse, you know, but made to look like a horse. And so we've kind of dubbed it the kudzu kelpie. Because, you know, every monster's got to have a good name. Oh, yeah. And uh, and uh, my wife's done some initial sketches for it because she does, you know, she makes all these things come to life for us. And um, now with the, the description's a couple of said it's got legs. A couple, uh, my initial sighting from Sally says it didn't have legs. It looked like it was like almost like a flying ghost horse or something, but still very much made out of vines. Um, and at one, it was more like a tree. But still, so I thought at first it was a horse that might be trapped in some kudzu and, you know, might be, you know, needing help. So that's why the Bigfoot team agreed to go out and research. Um, But we haven't found a distressed animal. We haven't found any carcass or anything. But Native American lore talks about a native spirit in that area um, that uh, is of a nature spirit that is the shape of a horse. Sometimes can shapeshift and make itself bigger or smaller. So, Hey, you know, now suddenly that area is a hot spot. So
0: more so, to come. So from the native American angle, was there any explanation as to why this might show up in this like little cluster? Like, like
1: they're, they're doing logging in that area. They are rebuilding that area to make a, uh, mm. a center uh, for something. And I still cannot get who owns the, where they're doing the major construction. It l- it's probably going to be an Amazon thing, but it's, uh, I can't get, you know, the right person to tell me who's owns that property in the area that's doing all the construction, but that would be what started up. And it is along three exits. So, uh, the trains are, you know, the trains go through there quite a bit. And, uh, my third sighting was a train conductor who saw it and it kept up with the train. So. Oh, holy
0: crap. Yeah. Well, so, so now you're telling me though, we're going to start getting haunted Amazon packages. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, but, I like, don't know. But, uh. Can you imagine, uh, being, can you imagine driving a train uh-huh. and looking over and seeing something like that? That, that just has exactly. to be insane.
1: And, of course, he's a big fan of uh, certain podcasts and uh, had heard my name pop up and, you know, reached out. So, and then, and up, so now I have a third independent, you know, verified witness. So, are you and,
0: saying, are you going on record as saying is this conductor is a fan of the From the Shadows podcast?
1: I cannot say From the Shadows, <laughs> but... <laughs> But I it is a podcast that we both know and love. So sadly it's not yours. I'm sorry. Uh, I wanna yes. say it is, but that would be that would be breaking the rule. But let's just say it's a good friend of ours and uh, Shannon, we love you. So
0: <laughs> Well look, I look, I gotta be honest, I'm more of a fan of Shannon's than I am of my own. Uh, anyway, any day.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so Wow. So I, I don't know how you beat that about what's going on. on Florida. I,
1: I, I mean, mean, that's, that's the, that's the big news, you know, and like I said, well, we're, we're with the new book, we're doing Erie Southeast. We're bringing the return to Florida, but we're also doing North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia coast. Uh, we're actually going to go a little further. We're going to go a little West and we're going to do Alabama and even Louisiana a little bit because some of these stories go all the way down to Rougarou territory. Uh, oh, you geez. know, and, and Honey Island Swamp Monster and all that. But it's like it's the stories that just didn't fit Appalachia because they were coastal and things like that. So, you know, you know, Bell Witch, I could have probably switched into, you know, Appalachia, but it's it's more coastal where the where the real stuff happened and you know, so that sort of thing. And that's so these are stories like that. You know, and of course we've got the nat you know, the classics like the Boo Hag and uh you know, the Beast of Bladenboro and things like that. But I again I have basically holler monsters, but these are more coastal monsters. And I cannot wait for some of them to, to come to life with the new book, but that won't be out till the fall of
2: 2023.
0: Oh, geez. This is the big tease then.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is going (laughs) to be, I'm still finishing up my book tour for Appalachia. We've still got two more signings for that before the end of 2022. So,
0: <laughs> um, so when you're talking coastal, do you get any, anything that's water-based? I mean, how much water-based oh, stuff do you get?
1: Well, and that was, you know, we've, we've always, we, we have a love for lake monsters and river monsters. And now of course, sea monsters. Um, and, um, you know, we have our, you know, Florida, there's, yeah, there's the Georgia monster known as Alahatma, which swims down to the St. John's River and becomes the St. John's River beast. And then the minute it crosses the state line in Florida, as I said, we can't have nice things, we call him Pinky. Uh, because he's the color <laughs> of boiled shrimp. But, uh, and it's the same monster. You know, it's like, okay. you yeah. know, But now I've got some crazy monster stories that we're looking into and getting the archives and all that. Um, so yeah, there will be definitely some lake monster stories to come. Um, and, um, and I gotta say, I love when a town embraces their spooky, you know, of course you've got Savannah and St. Augustine and, you know, Charleston and all that. They all embrace, you know, Point Pleasant finally embraces their Mothman, you know, um, but, you know, a lot of towns still don't like to talk about their monsters, but then some of them do it subtly. And there's one in North Carolina that uh, Paul Z's Island, which is a, um, you know, it's just a nice little coastal town, and it's got a little island that you can go stay on. It's got a lot of great Airbnbs. Uh, they have a notorious ghost there called the Gray Man, and uh, he's always seen around storms. And we got up there right as the remnants of Ian had left Florida and gone right up to North Carolina. Uh, So we were there for the storm to see if, hey, maybe we could catch the the Gray Man with a couple paranormal teams. And I, again, thought it was kind of a lesser known story. But when you get there, there's all these things named after the Gray Man. There's the Gray Man Gallery. There's the Gray Man. My favorite is the Gray Man Liquor Store, which is called Gray Man (laughs) Spirits. Uh, Oh, there. Da-da-da. Yeah. There and when I go in there and I ask the uh, you know the, 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 the manager, I'm like, oh, how long has it been named? i always been named like that for 100 years. Do you know the story? Nope.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to go in there and say, hey, do you guys got a ghost? Yep. No, nope. but we got some spirits.
1: And then, you know, one of the restaurants has a gray man burger, which I had to have, you know, and uh...
0: <laughs> that couldn't sound more unappealing.
1: <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, but you got to order it. And, uh, uh, but then, you know, I get to the right hotel and the right person and, oh yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we saw him last hurricane and we didn't see him at this one, but you know, and it's like, okay, now we, now we got the story. So it's, um, but it was, it was neat to see. It was just neat to see. I love when towns embrace it.
2: So, and,
0: and you just reminded me, we did a, um, we did an episode, um, when we were in the outer banks, we went and did the ghost tour. Hmm. um I, whatever i can't i can't remember the name of the little town but the pioneer theater that was the haunted place in there i just got word that that place is finally going to close it's going to yep. close down and yep. i was so disappointed because that was such a great story uh, there's yeah. a lot of good ghost stories out of that place and, and um, that's
1: that happened so many uh here in florida we lost the arcadia opera house which is like one of the most haunted buildings in Florida. And it got destroyed and Ian Ian took out the whole back wall of it oh, and boy. they could rebuild, but it was going to cost them so much that, you know, just time, time to let it go. And there's so many great ghost stories there, but you know, all the way back to Erie, Florida, we had a story about a place that got bulldozed and returned to the swamp, but the ghost is still there. And she still walks the the swamp, and she was a lady in white ghost, a victorian lady with a parasol and kayakers you know now in deep swamp see her so maybe maybe that you know we'll still see some more ghosts they don't they don't need the walls
0: you know i, I wonder if you if you could just hook up the lady in white with the gray man if they would you know. <laughs> what they get the uh We'll get the <laughs>
1: oh, oh man, what will we get from that? You know, the, mist, don't
0: know. the misty Kid. So. <laughs> misty Kid. Oh goodness. goodness. So what um what is your and I, I I know I've probably asked this before, but what is the what's your favorite Florida mystery that you would love to see solved before you write your last book
1: oh man there are some good ones um I'd, I'd really like a final answer to flight 19 i think would be the definitive what happened to them uh because flight 401 you know has a great ghost story but, you know, it, they, they stopped it. They, they, they put all the parts back on. You know, they pulled all the parts from all the haunted planes and the ghosts stopped showing up. So, you know, that one was pretty much solved. But Flight, flight 19, we don't know what happened. And you, and you listen to those flight logs and you, and you can actually listen to those recordings with the Freedom of Information Act of the, the chatter from the pilots. And it's, it's creepy. You know, they, I know they just got lost. But it happened to be over the B- Bermuda Triangle. So, of course, that doesn't help. No, uh, flight,
0: na- flight 19 is the squadron, right? The
1: yeah, the whole squadron that just yeah. gets lost. And, you know, their lead is a guy with hundreds of hours of flight experience. And for some reason, he turns over the flight to a rookie, you know, like an hour into the flight. I can't deal with this anymore. You have to take over. And and of course, that doesn't help matters. But then they send up the rescue plane to go find them.
2: And it, and it disappeared.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, and they still haven't found any wreckage of any of this. We've found, we've found planes that fit the description, but they're not any from flight 19. We found them all over the Caribbean, off the Florida coast. Uh, were they over the Everglades at one point, the way the descri- they're describing things, they, you know, they couldn't figure out where the heck they were. And, um, it should have been literally a three hour flight and, and they're gone. So they
2: could, have.
0: Uh, so they, so th- there's a thought that they might've flown all the way back across Florida. Yep. It maybe ended up in the Gulf of Mexico.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, what, how, you know, they never say they're flying over land, but that's a theory. Oh, you know, and it's it's so the the description from their listening to them, yeah you know, they do the 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 first bombing test, they do the first run, and then then it goes completely haywire or it should have just been a a, a turn left. it is what it is I, I it's funny i I have had this happen before, and it's funny it's either I'm talking about Bermuda Triangle or Robert the doll, one of those oh,
0: things. you mentioned his name with <laughs> yep. Uh. Robert, and, uh, we love you. You're
1: awesome. And, and thank you yes. for letting me do that documentary with you. You were incredible.
0: And I, and I was going to ask you something about the great Robert the Doll. I, did I see where somebody's making like a horror movie?
1: based? They, they did. A, a couple guys did uh, a few years ago. Uh, some German filmmakers made a Robert the Doll movie called The Curse of Robert the Doll. And uh, and they didn't get Robert's permission.
0: Oh, boy. And,
1: It's pretty terrible. And they did like Annabelle for the movies, you know, where Annabelle's a raggedy Ann. They made her this creepy doll for the movies. They did the same thing. They're banking in on, you know, the Annabelle craze. So they made a creepy doll and called him Robert. Didn't follow the story. Didn't follow any of the real lords. Made up their own thing. And now they're the two producers. The producer and the director are both in jail for tax evasion in Germany. So I guess they need to write apology letters to Robert.
0: It sounds like they need to do a lot more than that for Rob. I mean, and to be quite honest, I mean, all joking aside. Yeah, his story is good enough. You don't gotta change. You don't.
1: No, exactly. Use the original. But they didn't even ask permission. I'm sure the museum and you know Robert's keepers would have gladly given permission. They love all the publicity, you know, and everything. Heck yeah, it sells tickets. You know, so. Let's keep him happy in his home. He's 115 years old. He's, you know, that museum needs to stay there. And, you know, he's the main attraction, so. Absolutely.
0: uh, So, so back to the Bermuda. Yeah. So, so they, so do you remember
1: where it left off? I have no idea where it cut me off. I was, I was in mid story, but these guys, they do their bomb run. They, they take a turn. They should have turned right back. There you go. Yeah. They get their, the weather's clear. For the most part, and but they're lost, and you know, nothing's working. Their instruments are giving them all kinds of weird readings, they're flying at different altitudes. Uh, they send for help. Uh, two rescue planes go up, and one of them disappears an hour into the rescue operation, and no sign of it either, and no communication from it. Um, so theories go from a freak thunderstorm to you know, you know, that, that the rescue plane blew up and they all heard that and went towards that and got lost even further. Uh, the final recording of their conversations is, you know, I don't know what's going on. We're going to try to put it down. Uh, let's put them down. And And somebody says in the water and they're like, I guess. And it's like, but then they're kind of talking like they see land and then that's it. So it's it's one of those great mysteries of the Bermuda Triangle, and every once in a while a diver will come back. Oh, I spotted a wreckage, and it's like great. Now we got nope, nope, just another World War II trainer plane. We lost a lot of trainer planes during World War II, and and a lot of people don't realize Florida was you know ground central for training all the British pilots that you know would later fight in uh, the Battle of Britain and stuff like that. They came to Florida. Uh, there's actually an airfield in Arcadia, Florida, middle of nowhere, that was where they trained a lot of uh, British pilots. And there's actually a section of the cemetery there because a lot of the British pilots fell in love with America and came back home. And so that soil in Arcadia where they're buried is considered British soil. Um on American wow.
2: property.
1: And, and of course, you know, we're not too far away from revolutionary war and eight, war of 1812. So we had to have special permission to do that in the 50s.
0: <laughs> Always. And what's, cr- and what's crazy is, is I remember, you know, growing up in the seventies and I mean, the Bermuda triangle was, Oh yeah. That was the mystery. Yep. That was, I mean, there were shows, there were books it was just, and you know, it's kind of like a forgotten thing. And I think people kind of have have um, come up with different reasons. And oh, that's if you take that big of an area, you're going to lose, uh, you know, a lot of ships and yeah. planes and, and stuff like that.
1: But it still happens. You know, we still lose stuff out there, it's, and people don't realize that. It's like it just doesn't go reported because it's not, you know, it's it's little little fishing boats, little craft, and and all this, and they disappear, and oh, it was a freak accident. Well, what happened to him? Oh, he fell off the boat. Okay. Where's where's the others? Oh, you yeah. know, this is a freak storm. Well, it wasn't on any radar, you know? Oh, okay, yeah. And it, you know that's where we get all the UAP sightings, or a lot of those are boats on maneuvers out of Miami. And, uh, you know, it's, it's still there. It's just not, it, you know, they downplay it. It's not the Bermuda Triangle anymore. Now it's just, oh, you know, somebody goes missing.
0: so yeah so I would I kind of long for the days when it was all about the Bermuda I mean it was so but I think the world has I think back I I think back then of course everything the world seemed so much bigger and it seemed like a place like oh my gosh where's this and now you just can google map it you know and and, google earth it and see it
1: And of course, like I said, it was a slower news cycle then, you know, a story, you know, three weeks of stories becomes, you know, are all published at once in this one book, you know, or three years of stories even, you know, so it looks like it all happened at once and it was over a three year span. And that's, like I said, that gets lost in the shuffle. Now, you know, a boat disappears off of Key West. Nobody talks about it because there's another one going to be missing in three days, you know, it's, you know, or, or three weeks, you know, it's just, it's the news cycle. So I think that's what happens a lot with this now. Um, it's 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 an odd phenomenon. When, but when I you know accumulate this stuff and I I have a folder that's you know I still call it my Bermuda Triangle folder. So whenever somebody sends me an email or a news article, hey, another person missing in this area, I put it in that folder. And you start doing the numbers, you're like, holy crud, this is still an active thing.
0: <laughs> now is living down there. Have you ever gone and and traveled out there into that area at
1: all uh i am not the best with boats uh so i uh but i have because that's the job you know uh doing this you know it's uh but i i'm not happy about it but i have done it (laughs) (laughs) the plus side was it's dark sky (laughs) territory and that's the only place you can get dark sky territory in florida besides the everglades and, and o'cala national forest which you know have their own reasons for being terrible too uh but uh you know mostly mosquitoes and and Sasquatch, uh and uh you know, and then herpes monkeys that want to kill you. So
0: uh you that's the fun stuff. That folks yeah. is that folks is call is a callback in 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 show business. Yeah. It's a callback to our first episode.
1: I was hoping you'd remember.
0: How do you forget was, them, right? Yeah, how do you forget the rabid herpes monkeys? I mean, come on.
1: Yep, I yep. Um, I, I yeah, just, Florida I is just, Jumanji. I'm not sure what level we're on, but, you yeah, know, we're getting there.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I just find it odd that it's like you just had such a terrible time out on a boat in the sunshine on the on beautiful water.
1: Oh, like, yeah. So we went out at night so uh, that we could so I could see some a meteor shower. But I was also because it was, you know. Oh, the,
0: yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, that would be. That would be pretty intense. Don't
1: have to worry about trees. Don't have to worry about nothing. And they turn off the boat lights and then suddenly you realize how small you really are when you're out there, you know, so.
0: Wow. Yeah, you're right. That's just thinking about that, that, that would be pretty intense. It's a meteor shower out on a boat.
2: um, Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: You can get, you can get into, you know, get out far enough, but that's just it, you know, otherwise Florida, you can't really see them that well. So it's uh but uh yeah but out there we were doing that but we were also i was swapping stories with some fishing captains who had had you know experiences in the triangle and um so we were out there talking ufos and watching meteors it was it was pretty epic
0: i can imagine um boat captains pro you know people on boats they probably do have some good ufo stories Oh yeah, you know, and not just the military guys, like the no, the, no, like just the regular Joes out there.
1: Yeah, fishing oh. captains, trawler captains, and of course you ask them, you know, were you drinking? Of course I was drinking. I was on my boat. Uh,
0: but, yeah. <laughs> I was on the, I was on my boat. I had my arm around my mermaid. Yeah, and exactly. We were, <laughs> we,
1: we but
0: you know, you but with that though,
1: they're they're they saw stuff they don't understand, and they you know, and they'll they'll tell you it's it's good stuff. It's and I love now that with the Navy declassification and all that, I get more and more people willing to talk now because they know they're not going to be
0: treated poorly, you know? So, and
1: they know they're not crazy, you know, and that's, that's helped so much.
0: Yeah. I I do think that that's probably, um, even though we don't really have any more answers, not that many answers, but I think it has probably helped people realize that, okay, I did, I have seen something. You Know, I did see something and I can't explain it, you know, and um, that that's probably been the best part about that, uh, yeah, 100%. Disclosure. And
1: that's and that and like again makes makes our job easier, right? So, you know, more and more people willing to come out and tell you their encounters, and uh, um, you know, and that and that's the other thing doing these conventions. We were up at Crypticon and had some people tell me some Florida encounters. I'm sitting next to the mountain monsters guys and I'm having a blast, you know. And, and then here, these people are coming to tell me their stories. I'm like, you know, the mountain monster guys are right next to me, but, but, you know, they want to tell me their weird story that, you know, they just read Appalachia and wanted to know, you know, they wanted me to hear their holler monster, you know. And it's, I love that some of these are now going to live on, you know. So,
0: no, I, I, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of the work that you put into these, into these books. And, and, uh, I mean, I just get probably the treasure trove of notes and written stuff, written down and newspaper clippings that you have of stuff that has not been published is probably pretty amazing in and of itself.
1: It's pretty extensive. And like I said, it's one of those, I would really, I I'm hoping to have like, uh, you know, the gray Barker collection or something at some point, you know, uh, I know he's kind of a, a a bad term to bring up everyone's all because he made up a couple things. He admitted it. Uh, but some of his stuff is some of the best documentation on some of these things ever. So, yeah, you know, he you know, he made up a few things to sell a few books, but he also put a lot down that, you know, would have disappeared if he hadn't. Um, so I'm I'm hoping at some point, yeah, my stuff, like I said, the stuff that doesn't get corroborated, I don't put out. But at some point, I'm hoping, you know, passing this on to whoever comes beyond me, you know, um, you know, when the missus finally gets tired of my stuff and closes up my library, it goes to a real library and then they don't just burn it. <laughs>
2: so,
0: <laughs> no, it'd be, it'd be fantastic. Like, like, um, oh. you know, like, a like a real recent, like if someone wants to go do some research, it probably yep. there's probably some really good stuff because you never know who's out there that does have a qua cooperating yeah. eyewitness evidence to something that you have and it's just going to take putting those together you know
1: yeah all right now i do have a i do have a wonderful christmas story to to tell
0: okay um, that would that would be a great way to wrap up the episode is is send everybody yeah. have them feel all warm and, and fuzzy and and christmasy
1: Yep. So there was a there's a very haunted location down here in Florida called the May Stringer House. It's in Brooksville, Florida. It has numerous ghosts um, to, and it is well documented in my book, Creepy Florida, available from fine retailers everywhere. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, one of the ghosts on the second floor is a girl named Jessie May. She was three years old when she died. Uh, two or three, they're not 100% certain. Um, but paranormal teams come from all over the world to play with Jesse May. Um, mostly they come up to play with Mr. Nasty up in the attic, who is a very you know, rough and rumble ghost. Uh, but Jesse May is the one they come and they bring toys and they bring dolls for her to play with. And they leave them there for her as offerings. And for some time, she was, you know, she's the star attraction there. Uh, everybody gets you know responses from her and stuff, and suddenly she was being quiet a lot, or she was being a bit more aggressive, which was not you know common. Um, and so they brought in a few more psychics, and the you know the 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 house's resident psychic that had a, you know sort of a relationship with her said, "Oh my gosh, this isn't her. She's being bullied." something came in with these dolls and these other toys people are living, leaving. And so we have to get rid of all these dolls. So at Halloween, they actually purged a lot of the dolls and they had the psychics go through and figure out which spirits were attached to which of these dolls so that they could get rid of them. And they wound up going to various paranormal teams. It was like a big auction. It was a nice way to save, you know, to build money for the house to keep it, in perpetuity as well. Um, But they had one doll they could not get rid of. And nobody wanted it because it was, it was like a portal, almost like a robber, you know, where it's, there's more than one spirit attached to it. It's open to attachments. It was very much all the psychics agreed. This doll may be the problem. It's the, you know, take it your own risk and nobody bid on it. Nobody. So at the end they go, Oh, give it to Muncie. He'll know what to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) So I am given this crazy haunted doll and I'm like, where the heck is this going to go? You know, who, who deserves The, the haunted doll that the May Stringer house doesn't want it. It's so haunted. So, um. So I'm up at CryptidCon that next week. I literally took it from their house on Halloween and went up to CryptidCon for the week after. And as I'm up there, I reached out to a few museums along the way. And uh, the wonderful folks at the International Paranormal Museum in Somerset, Kentucky, said they would love to find a home for this doll and that they would keep it and they would be its forever home. Uh, they have several other haunted objects there, and they would be happy to take it. So uh I met them at CryptoCon. They were a vendor at CryptoCon. So I was like, hey, it saved me a trip, you know, from having to head over to Somerset. I'll 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 drop it off with you guys. Well, not ten minutes after they get their Christmas present of this haunted doll. <laughs> and uh I'm, I'm going to my booth and I would just given it to them. And I gave them the instructions I was given by the psychic. I gave them the paper from the psychic, you know, and, and all this, uh, their psychic came in and said, no, 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 <laughs> this does not come home with us. <laughs> oh. And, but they're like, no, we promised we would. And so, uh, um, uh, they now a, a Christmas miracle has occurred uh, it did. It was not allowed to go to their hotel, but it so it stayed in the convention for the whole weekend, and then they brought it back, and now it is on display at the museum properly. So, uh, but <laughs> uh so if you're ever in Somerset, go swing by the International Paranormal Museum. They have some amazing stuff, but definitely say hi to their newest uh, acquisition, the uh, haunted doll from the May Stringer House.
0: Um. I find it kind of uh, crazy that the international what
1: is
2: it what was it what's Par- it
1: called international paranormal and cryptozoology museum
0: is in Kentucky.
1: Yes, that doesn't seem like a it's, very
0: international.
2: Well, <laughs> it's there, it's
1: like, it's it's not too far from Hopkinsville.
0: So oh, I got and, you. okay, and okay. that's
1: where it kind of started. And it's in it's under their city hall. It's in the basement of their city hall, which is amazing to me.
0: Uh, so it's like an evidence, it's more like the evidence room for the police department.
1: Exactly. When you go to it, you're going down (laughs) these little stairs and it's like, you're walking into like the X files, (laughs) I swear. Uh, but it's, they've got, you know, exhibits on Hopkinsville. They've got exhibits on all these famous haunted houses. They've got bits from all these famous haunted houses on display. Um, and, uh, the owner is a delight. And um and we we'd sent him a piece from the Bellevue Biltmore a number of years ago and a few other haunted locations. So I'd had a relationship with them. So it was nice that they were the ones that took it. Uh Dave Spinks, World of Weird, was a close second. Uh, but um but uh they 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 he was he was a little slow on the draw. So <laughs> sorry, Dave.
0: <laughs> oh man. Well, you know what? that does sound like a great Christmas gift that you gave gave them. Yeah. Until city hall burns down.
1: Um, Yeah. That's coming. I'm sure. But you know, it's Ed stone. It'll be okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, Mark, I am so glad that, uh, that you joined, uh, joined us for our uh, Christmas episode here. Yes. Cause it's just fun. It's just fun to, uh, to hear how like enthusiastic and, and, well-researched and just how much you love all this stuff and you're such a great steward of these stories and i'm so thankful that you do do the hard work to put them in in book form and stuff and and well
1: we love listening to you guys we love that you guys keep it alive too and uh you know all the encounters you guys document and all that are just amazing to us and you know that's some you know I've, i've reached out to a couple of your witnesses uh so you know and you know but uh so there's a reason I I support all these podcasts, uh, you know. But if and if anybody wants to reach out to me, they can find me at uh, uh, mark at erieflorida.com. But uh, you can also just go to our website Erie Travels, and that has our local Tampa Bay TV show. They have now started putting it on YouTube, so you can watch oh. Erie Travels on that. Uh, there's a there's about ten episodes so far, uh, and they they go all over the United States, so they're not just Florida, uh, but um, and then, like I said, I got more books coming and hopefully we can keep them all. We keep all the stories alive and, and let's we'll just keep going and going. And you all have a, an amazing holiday season. Happy Yule, happy Krampus knocked, happy whatever you, <laughs> yo know, you do. We, you do you and just keep the keep the ghost light burning.
0: That's right. If you, you get any Amazon gift cards for Christmas, go buy some Mark Muncie books. <laughs> go buy some mark bunsey books and give er- make everybody have a happy happy Christmas. merry christmas <laughs> so all right well merry christmas everybody and uh we will probably talk to you next year
1: i'm sure we will and uh you know when i got i got more to report and when i if i as soon as i get that picture of the kudzu kelpie and we get it to the smithsonian you know we'll we'll uh we'll, we'll i talk. cannot
0: wait to hear how this investigation goes as being a horse owner, uh, I would I would uh I can't even imagine. Oh man.
1: <laughs> I'd see him racing at Soyota Downs. Come on. That's that be...
0: exactly, oh, exactly. Awesome.
1: The question is, is he standard bred or harness or, or, or thoroughbred? I you know when I get a sulky. If I get a sulky, I might try.
0: <laughs> I have four of those. So we uh, can get nice. you on one of them if you really right. want,
1: if you really want to race. Sounds <laughs> so. good.
0: All right. Well, hey, you guys take care down in Florida and send some of the heat, even though you're complaining about the cold since some-
1: Hey, it's gonna be twenty degrees Christmas Eve. It's a Christmas miracle down here. Okay. So and in Florida, if it gets under sixty, everybody panics. And as I was saying earlier, under forty the iguanas start falling and from the trees and and we've got actually warning signs for that. So <laughs> uh, uh, no idea what uh, it'll do to the herpes monkeys yet, but we'll find out.
0: Oh, God. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you later.
1: All right. Have a good, Shane. Happy New Year.
2: Thank you for tuning in
0: to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. Ha 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 God only knows what's hiding.